Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts more Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, Doug Gottlieb Show? Fox Sports Radio, 877-99 on Fox. I was told there are numbers that coincide with 99 on Fox, but somebody took down the paper, and I am just completely incapable of giving you the actual numbers. 877 99 69 dude! Sorry, the inner child came out of me. Hope you're having a great day. We're having a good day. That's because we're broadcasting live from sunny Southern California. Uh, California does have seasons. The good one. And uh, we continue to rub it in your faces. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. On average, save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Uh, Doug Gottlieb, Ryan Music, uh, my man John Ramos, 
Steve DeSager, who I have yet to actually meet and can't make eye contact with, but he's filling in here for Dan Beyer, who is uh, taking a couple of days off before he loses half his stuff. That's right. <laughs> he's getting married. Where do I sign up to lose half my stuff? <laughs> he's signing up this weekend. We got a great show for you. Uh, Adoree Jackson, first-round pick of the Tennessee Titans, is going to join us in 15 minutes. Let's quickly, though, uh, bring you back to what happened last night in the Association. Uh, The Warriors were, well, the Warriors, dominant, and then they they showed their dominance in the fourth quarter. And I I turned it off when it was 20. I, I have no idea the final score. I was like, ah, that's the game. Let's move on. But I was fascinated by the first game. Fascinating. That was as good of a basketball game as I have seen. And unlike most of you, I watch a lot of basketball. That was a great game. And, of course, the headliner is Isaiah Thomas, who was the last pick of the NBA. Right? He's five foot nothing, 100 and nothing. He's like the real-life Rudy. He wasn't actually offsides like Rudy was. Like, Isaiah Thomas is an unreal story. And if the story of five foot nothing, hundred and nothing from nothing isn't good enough, I give you the fact that, uh, yes, his sister died right before the NBA playoffs. They were down two games to none after his sister died, losing two games at home to the Chicago Bulls. And sure, they got the benefit of Rajon Rondo somehow breaking, uh, what did he break his thumb? He broke a bone in his hand, which uh, kept him out for the remainder of the playoffs, but since then, they've won six consecutive games. Oh, yeah, by the way, he had he lost a tooth in game one, had oral surgery between game one and game two. His mouth was still sore. And then he went out on, the, on his dead sister's birthday and dropped 53, including, wait for it, 29 points in the fourth quarter and overtime. Outside of the Michigan basketball team surviving a plane crash, and then winning the Big Ten tournament, and then getting to the Sweet 16. I, I like. I I hate to put incredible turnaround stories with filled with emotion against each other, but I'm gonna do just that. What a remarkable story this thing is. Here's Isaiah Thomas after the game. So numb this morning. I mean, so swollen this morning. I had to go back to the hospital just to to get a few meds to to get the swelling down because I, I could barely talk. So. But I know once game time came, my, my guys would get me get me going and give me the energy to go out there and try to win a game. And then, of course, speaking of his mouth, here's what he had to say about playing for his late sister. I had talked to Brad, and it just wasn't a good day for me with, with it being my sister's birthday, me being in the hospital for three or four hours a day, and I just didn't have the energy. But once I got around the guys and got to the arena, I, I felt like I can go. And I told him I could, and uh, there's no way I couldn't play on on her birthday. I mean, I wanted to win for her, and I wanted to play well for her. So, luckily, we got the win. That was crazy. What I mean, just a, a crazy game. But what happens is we get we get caught watching the shiny stuff, and we don't see kind of the inner workings of it. Like that, that's kind of who we are as guys. I've said this before. Like, I'm a rims guy. Oftentimes, like most guys, like I get caught in the rims and not how good is your actual car, right? No, but the rims are sick, dude. Yeah, but your car is broken down the side of the road, bud, right? No, but the rims, like forget the rims. 
And that's, to me, the part that so many people are. There's just so many different layers to it. I mean, first, how they acquired Isaiah Thomas. They traded Marcus Thornton and the Cavaliers' first-round pick in 2016, which is like the worst first-round pick you can possibly get, right? Right? For Isaiah Thomas. And, of course, that's the second best trade that Danny Ainge has made. The best trade he made was Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and Jason Terry and, like, a bag of balls for three first-round picks, one of which will likely be the number one overall pick in this year's draft. And, I, I like, I love Cowherd, but he keeps like, why didn't they make a trade? Would you trade with that guy? Like, if Danny Ainge gets over on the last two trades he makes, and there's other moves that he's made, but if he gets over on the last two trades he makes, like, you're sitting there getting ready for the NBA draft, and like, damn, Danny Ainge has another Brooklyn Nets pick, another Brooklyn Nets pick. It's not top three protected. It's not top three protected. Danny, When Danny Ainge calls you and you're an NBA general manager, it's like when me and you get a call and it's an unidentified number and you pick up and they say, hi, you've won a free trip to the Bahamas. Right? Actually, now, have you heard the new, you know, they have this new way of doing it. You go, hello? 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 Oh, hi there. Sorry, bad connection. And it's a recorded thing. It's really good. Like, damn, they're getting smart. But there, there's a like, there's a possibility there that you could actually get a trip to the Bahamas and all you got to do is walk around the timeshare when you get there and pretend like you're interested, sign your name up, put it on the email. Like, look, if you start getting the emails from the timeshare people, you can just block it, right? But the fact is you are so hesitant because you've heard stories of other people getting these free trips and then getting fleeced and having to pay money and, you know, It's the reason that people that it's the reason that car dealers don't say used car anymore. You know, never notice that, right? You go by a dealership. What do they say? Pre-owned. There's also pre-loved, and there's certified. Is that a used car? Nope. Certified, pre-owned car. Like, but it is actually used. No, 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 no. That's not a used car. That's a pre-owned, a pre-loved, a certified, pre. Uh, pre-owned car. And the reason they don't is because you've heard horror stories of the guy in the super cheap suit with the colorful shirt, the atrocious tie coming at you going, hey, man, hey this is a great deal. Got to move it today. Got to move it today. Right? You just, your immediate guess is that you're somehow somebody, something's up. To, it's the same thing when you see, like I'm sure a lot of these preachers like, I think Joel Osteen, like, I'm not Christian. I watch Joel Osteen. I'm like, he's got a pretty good message. But I'm so hesitant to ever sit down there and watch. I would never let anybody send money. Not because I think he's, but I've seen enough preachers go, that's not my Mercedes Benz. That's the Lord Mercedes Benz. Right? I've seen enough guys that have a Bible in one hand and a bottle of booze in the other that I can't buy in. That's Danny Ainge as a GM. Like, the story of the Celtics is not just how good a story Isaiah Thomas is. It's how they got Isaiah Thomas. They're going to get the number one, two, or three pick. He went and got Brad Stevens, who's, an, like, this, the other story last night was, did you, if you notice all these highlights, every time he scores, he's doing so against the center of the power forward for the Wizards. 
there's a kind of genius to that, and you watch what Brad does and how he does it in order to create a mismatch, which is coaching. And then the other, like, just yet another realm to it is we are in a transformative period in the NBA. And if you haven't paid attention, like, look, the Celtics are the ultimate small ball. And I they're not ultimately going to win a championship. They're not going to get to the finals with this roster based upon who they need to get through. But I looked out last night and you have Isaiah Thomas, five foot nine, maybe, at point guard. You have Avery Bradley, six foot one-ish. You have Terry Rozier, another combo guard. And at time, or or you have Marcus Smart. Like none of those guys are taller than six foot two. And then Jay Crowder, who's like six five on a good day, playing the power forward. And they're all standing outside three-point line. And Al Horford, who's a traditional power forward, playing center, picking and popping. Nobody in the lane. Now, the pieces are different and bigger for the NL and the and the movement's a little bit different, but what do you think the Cavs are doing? Right? Kevin Love plays in one corner. When they bring in Channing Fry, he plays in another or way out wide. They're Point guard slash power forward is LeBron James. The only guy who cuts and rebounds towards the basket, runs towards the basket, is Tristan Thompson because he can't shoot, right? Then you look at the Golden State Warriors. Same thing, except for Zsa Zsa Pachulia. Then you look at the Houston Rockets. Clint Capella. Outside of that, they're shooting threes or getting layups. Like, the future is now. Now. And it's no different than the digital age in media. How we tell you, like, dude, I love our 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 affiliates, and we're going to continue. If if your local affiliate doesn't carry us, tell them what are you doing? This is a good show. I've listened to the show for years. To other networks, it's not that hard. Make the switch. And we're on satellite radio, which anybody who gets a new car gets gets free satellite radio, and we we got the iHeart app. And that's and and you you'll hear all of us anybody doing radio pumping their apps and why because everybody's on their phone and the second you get in your car you plug your phone in and you're on Bluetooth and you might forget about the radio you press the button it's the same thing you're still listening again future is now in media future is now in the NBA and don't believe me just watch last night and I'm not trying to diminish in any way Isaiah Thomas 53 on his a late sister's birthday like that's the stuff that's a movie that I that I think gets greenlit in Hollywood, but I'm not sure that aren't people going like, come on, man, really? Like, all right, I get the part of the script where his sister died. Like, that's terrible. But he lost a tooth, and then he has dental surgery, and then he has to go back to the hospital. Like, why do you have to go back to the hospital? Like, can, can you? They send the script back, and they go, can you clean that part up? That's just, you know, like, and, and I get that he hits the, can't we just have him hit the game-winning shot, but, like, struggle in the game, like, 29 in the fourth quarter in overtime? That's not believable. Like, this is Hollywood. Anything can happen, but that can't happen. It just did. It just did. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. You can't label people, and you can't necessarily label things because there's a, the reality is the world is gray. And it's not black or white. It's just not. I'll give you an example. Bob Bowlesby told the Knight Commission on Intercollegiate Athletics, I don't think they're amateurs, they're college athletes. 
But he also said, I don't think they're professionals. And you're like, what? I'm not going to get into that. You could write the book on that, but professionals are being paid and amateurs are doing what they love for the love of the game. But those are different than the college athletic environment. We typically characterize athletes as professionals or amateurs, right? I don't think college athletes are either. I think it's a completely different genre of its own. Doesn't exist any place else in the world where higher education and sports participation are linked are co-curricular. And that makes it different. That's that's like a wicked smart word where you're just like, what the hell is co-curricular? Okay, curriculum is what we do in school. Co-curricular somehow means co is tying together. All right, I got the general gist of the word, right? Like that's what you're all doing right now. Let's not act like we ever use co-curricular in, in a sentence. And then he goes on to say, kind of like I just said, oh, I never, I never know who shares my views and who doesn't. Right? Like I don't either. I don't either. And people ask about, like, I've been asked, like, what do you think about abortion? I think it should be, I think it should be legal. I think it's, it's an incredibly difficult decision. I don't think the government should decide what a woman does with her body. I I just don't. Um, If that doesn't align with your political views, that's okay. That's kind of the, the basis by which our country is based upon is we have different views. But I don't ask for you or anybody else to align with my views. I don't. And nor do I want to be labeled because of them. Are they professionals? No, they are not. You know why? Because they don't pay taxes on any of the benefits in which they receive. And they can't be fired from their job for poor, uh, for poor um, performance. Can't. Matter of fact, everything the NCAA has created is so that you have a high recidivist rate, so that you have people coming back to school, coming back to college. They want to create an environment. They they have the the APR, which grades out every school based upon are you are your student athletes progressing towards graduation, and if so, we reward you, and if not, then we're going to punish you. That has nothing to do with athletic performance. It's really hard to run. It's harder and harder now to run players off. But I also would tell you, it's not like you're there the rowing team, and it's simply for the pure love of the game. Now, look, if you ask me, do I think college athletes should be paid? The answer is no. Because they kind of already are. It's, an, it's not a fair trade. It's an unfair trade. And it skews wildly in the favor of the student-athlete. It just does. I, having lived that. Because all of, all of us who went to high major university, high portion of us, couldn't get into the school. Forget about whether we could pay for it. Couldn't get in. Do you know how hard it is to get into school? It is ridiculous. Because, for example, in the state of California... This is where international students love to come. And schools would rather have international students. You know why? Because they will pay more money. So you're not just competing with the best students in your state. You're competing with the best students in the world. They have more money. It's more valuable to them. And oftentimes they have better uh, test scores coming in. (laughs) So just getting in is a financial benefit to which there there is no compensation for. Then once you're in school, you're getting training in your athletic field as well as in your academic field. Like you don't crack used textbooks when you're a student athlete. You have unlimited tutoring. You have, they give you an iPad. They give you a computer that you can use at your disposal. I'm not even talking about the, the dorms, the food. And then you have the coaching side and the training staff and the fact that they're promoting you as well, which is like a marketing department, all all which is trying to grow your personal brand if you know how to use it. So I think it's not even a fair trade. I think athletes benefit far more from it. 
but I also understand that there's the realities of the revenue generating sports, men's basketball, more than anything, football, that is not the same as the rowing team or the cross country team or the rugby team, you know, which is like a club sport or whatever, like, but you know, or it's not like any other scholarship. It's different. But let's be honest. It's, it's, you're not a professional. Oh, they should, they should join. They should have a union. Well, what, what would they want if they had a union? They would want fewer hours. Well, you can only practice 20 hours. They want medical insurance. You already get that. <laughs> you already have all the benefits of union. You know what you don't do? You don't pay union dues. So I think it's a, actually a really smart conversation. But the problem is, like, we just, we shuffle people to the, you're a liberal, you're a Democrat, you got to be a pro or an amateur. And Bob Bowles, he's like, hey, it's kind of in the middle. The world is gray. And I think it's going to get lost in the headline. I really do. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. So Robert Kraft believes that his team is disliked by others in the league. And he told, he's at a Bloomberg event, he said that he thinks opposing teams jealous of the Patriots' success lobbied NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell to come down hard on the Pats over Deflategate, not because they deflated footballs, not because deflated footballs were serious business, but because they wanted to gain advantage over the Patriots. Quote, well, I don't hold any grudges, but I'd also don't forget anything. Isn't that kind of a grudge? Envy and jealousy are incurable diseases. That's actually not true. If I had never won a Super Bowl, I'm going into my 24th season as an owner. I'm passionate about owning a football team in my hometown. Uh, if I hadn't won, I wouldn't be so angry at our. Uh, I would be so angry at our folks and thinking about what I can, what, what can I do to do it. So our competitors, I understand how they brought pressure on the league office to be very strong and not compromise on the issue that was nonsense and foolishness. Uh, as it turned out, of course, the Patriots won the Super Bowl. Kraft doesn't think that Tom Brady's four-game suspension hurt the team. Quote, he didn't play our first four games, which is 25% of the season. The good news is he did not take wear and tear on his body. In other words, he's like, look, the only reason that they came down on us so hard for Deflategate was because if they hate us because they ain't us, right? That's what he said. They hate us because they ain't us. And I, I, I do think that's true. I don't think it's simply because they won Super Bowls. It was because of Spygate, right? It was because there was the thought that, hey, Spygate, had that thing stuff had gone on, that they, they operate in the gray area with some of this other stuff. They've always been able to kind of get away with a thing or two here or there. Uh, they had the illegal for, they had the legal slash illegal formation going back to the year before against the Ravens. So they had all these things going for them. And he's like, look, the only reason they came down on us was because of because of the Super Bowls. Like, that's not accurate. It's just not. Now, I, I think the whole thing was a bunch of nonsense, too. I just do. But I'll also point out that Robert Kraft accepted the punishment of the league, which undercut Tom Brady substantially. And he can sit here and go like, hey, we didn't do anything wrong, then why why did you, Robert Kraft, accept the punishment? If nothing went on, if all of this was nonsense, then why didn't you fight it? Like, if a guy is is 
over sentence for a crime that he didn't commit, that's one thing. But if a guy is over sentenced for a crime that he didn't commit and he pled guilty to it, now you're like, wait, what? Right? Like, go back and look. Before Brady, this is a year before the first Brady ruling. He's like, yeah, all right, fine. What is it? 500 grand? Here you go. Or a million? First round draft pick? Fine. Like, we just want this to be over with. Like, I don't, I just don't buy that as a defense for innocence. If you're innocent, you don't go like, yep, you got me, but I'm just doing this to make this go away. Like, I don't I only buy that, like, maybe if you were in jail and they caught you with a with a shiv and you just picked up the shiv at the wrong time, there's a guy bleeding, and you're like, I swear I didn't do anything, but the evidence is really, really alarming. Like, maybe? But in this particular case, like, don't proclaim your innocence and say people hate us only because we won Super Bowls when there's a lot of other stuff to it. But the other part that he violated is you can't say that. What you have to do is you have to allow us to make that next step. I don't know why other teams would pressure Roger Goodell. All I can tell you is I believe that other teams pressured Roger Goodell, and that's why Goodell felt compelled to make this decision. That's the smart thing to say. It's like, I can't tell you that I have the best radio show on earth, but if I can say, like, look, I can't tell you why I've been afforded the opportunity to, to be in this time slot at three different networks for the last decade. But I'm incredibly grateful to continue with this opportunity, continue to kind of grow the, the radio brand. And that allows somebody else to go like, hey, maybe he's pretty good. Or maybe he's a real pain in the ass. I don't know. That's why he keeps, you know, like there's, you have to allow other people to make that next step. And when you say like, they hate us because they ain't us. And because we have Super Bowl trophies and they don't, you know, we have scoreboard and they don't. That's why they came at us. Boy, you just sound you sound, frankly, like your fans. You sound obnoxious. And I don't believe Robert Kraft to be obnoxious, but he's he is allowing himself to be portrayed as obnoxious based upon how he contextualizes this argument. You had something? Is, it- is that similar to the arguments that an athlete cannot claim that they're the greatest of all time? You should just let people tell you yes. that you're the GOAT? Yes. Yes. Like, like, that's what they would say about Michael Jordan, right? Like, he never had said that he was the greatest of all time. Well, he, said just... it, he said he said it with his play. There you he go. said it with his play. You know? You, you, have to, you have to, on some, you don't have to necessarily be, always be self-deprecating, but you can't be, you can't be self, you can't be self-aggrandizing at all times, you know? That just doesn't, what's the point? Let other people, let other people make that, take that next step in their minds without you saying it. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Clay Travis up early in the morning, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern time on FSR. He had this take on the Celtics' dramatic win in overtime last and night. And now. <laughs> Winning six playoff games in a row, the Boston Celtics have really served notice that potentially they're going to put LeBron and the Cavs a little bit nervous because I think the Cavs thought, oh, the Celtics aren't any good. We don't even care if we have home court in that series in the event that they even get to the Eastern Conference Finals. And I don't think the Cavs really thought that the Celtics were going to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, 
No, that's that's I, I don't believe that to be accurate. Uh, love Clay, love his show. Outkick the coverage, six to nine a.m. Eastern time on Fox Sports Radio. You can download the podcast as well. Uh, that sounded really. That sounded like a six a.m. or six fifteen a.m. That was before he got the pipes kind of going. He got the energy kind of going, didn't it? And also before he kind of got some of the common sense going. Late in the season, late in the season, they didn't have Tristan Thompson. Both sides claimed the game didn't matter that much, and LeBron James completely and thoroughly dominated because the the Celtics are a JV version of the varsity, which is the Cavs. Right, both teams play small ball but the Cavs are bigger and more athletic at every spot. And even though they, they will struggle to defend more athletic players, they, they're able to make up for it with their some of their length at the rim. They've always limited Isaiah Thomas and, or even go back to Derrick Rose when he, was, when he had it going with the, with the Bulls. Uh, eventually, LeBron James would end that. I think it's a terrible matchup for the Celtics. Just because they've won six in a row and they're playing on this raw emotion of the turnaround, I don't believe that strikes any fear into the Cavs' hearts. So much so... I just got an email from Nike. Nike is has now has a campaign called Flip the Switch. Like everybody's getting into the fact that the Cavs are are switch flippers. There you go. I want to make sure I said it right. There's a chance for some switch flippers because they've kind of flipped the switch and the matchup. They match up worse with the Wizards and John Wall than they do with the Celtics. That's why I believe they kind of manipulated the thing so that they can be in the opposite bracket of the Wizards. They still may get the Wizards or they'll get the Celtics, but I don't think the Celtics have are striking fear in the Cavaliers' hearts after they already dominated Toronto once, and they'll probably do so again tonight. That's what the Fox said. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. And Mike Conley Jr. joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Are you a concert guy? Um, somewhat. I'll go to a few a year. Like what? Like what's your, is is there one that, man, I really got to go out and I, I got to go see this guy in concert? Um, you know, not really. I think I just kind of see, you know, if it's convenient or, you know, if whoever's hot, like I'll go see Drake or, you know, those guys perform and, um, would love to see like Beyonce or something. I've never been to one of those, but I'd take my family there or something, you know, do something like that. Yeah. Are you a seat, seat snob? I'm kind of, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm a seat snob. I like once you, and you've accomplished a lot more in your life than I have, but like, if you want me to go to an event, I got to be either in a box where, you know, like, cause I'll get ADD and I got to pay, I can't pay attention to it or it's got to be close. So whether it's backstage or really close to backstage so I can actually experience it. Uh, what about you? Um, I, I'd have to agree. Yeah. I like to be as, as, you know, as comfortable as possible where I can at least enjoy it. And, um, you know, not being the, 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 the ticket things that I say, you know, with all the crowd and stuff. You know, one of the great things about being you is that you're not, you know, you're not LeBron in terms of your size, right? Like you're, you're even smaller in many ways than the, like Steph. And so if you have a hat on, Right, like you just look like a dude. You just look like a good-looking dude. So you can can you still go into places, maybe not in Memphis, but other places, and just be a regular guy and not have people go, "Hey, isn't that Mike Conley?" Oh yeah, I can get away with it a lot easier than a lot of the, a lot of those taller guys, man. And like you said, just put a hat on or a hood or something, and um, I can make my way through a lot of a lot of events. Mike Conley Jr. joining us from the Memphis Grizzlies. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. There are people that are giving you guys credit 
for beating the Spurs, for Houston beating the Spurs in game one. I don't know if you've read any of this or heard any of this, but people are like, look, dude, you came off the type of series in which the Grizzlies can't beat you, but the Grizzlies will beat you up so much so that the next series, there's still kind of that lingering effect. Do you buy into that? <laughs> um, you know, I, I think that uh, it, it's just a contrast of, of styles more than anything. I think when you are you play against us, we we're, you know, you're going to be physical. It's going to be slower paced and um, it's a different style of game. And then when you have to switch gears uh, to a team like Houston, um, I, I just think that they, you know, just caught them, caught them still in the, you know, the, the, the hangover of playing against us a little bit and uh, just the different styles, you know, kind of caught them off guard. When you watch, when you as a six one six two point guard watched last night, what Isaiah Thomas did first, what, what, just what he did, what goes through your mind? Man, uh, man, that's I don't know how he how he how he did it, man. It's, it's unbelievable that he's even playing um, with everything that's going on with with him and his family and you know things that they're going through. Uh, I couldn't imagine. Uh, but to do the things that he did last night, I mean, that's those those, those that's a story you'll tell, you know. Your, your, your children, your grandkids, and stuff like that. I mean, that that was that kind of a performance. Mike, I I said this to start the show. I I don't think like we're we're broadcasting from Los Angeles, actually, just from the valley, right, real close to Hollywood. I don't know if that script gets greenlit in Hollywood. You're like, all right, fine. Like his sister dies, like tragedy. He gets his tooth knocked out, and he has oral surgery. Like, okay, that's a cool twist. Um, he has 24 in the first. Uh, what, th- three quarters? We had 29 the fourth quarter in overtime. All right, come on. Like, I get that he made some game-winning shots, but, like, that part is just ridiculous. I- I'm not sure that that becomes – we all know Hollywood scripts have a happy ending. I'm not sure that one gets greenlit. <laughs> well, I I don't see how – I don't see how it can't. But, I mean, I- I'd love to love to see something, you know, on screen about that because that truly uh, was a sight to see. It and, you know, live was, was unbelievable. Mike Conley Jr. joining us, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. But then you look at the the roster composition. Obviously, they've tried to get bigs, but you look last night and you got Avery Bradley, who's about your size, right, playing the two. Then they got either Marcus Smart or Terry Rozier playing like small forward. Jalen Brown, who's like six 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 seven rookie playing the four, or Jay Crowder, who's like six five playing the four, and then Al Horford playing the five, like. And then you compare it, like, the juxtaposition to which how your team is built, right, with Zebo at the four and Mark at the five, and you see so many of these teams that are spreading it out and playing small ball or playing from three-point uh, three and then layups, you know, the, the, the new style of basketball. I, I guess my question to you is, do you think ultimately you guys can win big in the NBA with the traditional lineup that you guys have thrown out here for almost a decade now? Well, you know, we we believe in ourselves with the roster we have and the guys that we as long as we play through our strengths, um, as long as we have our big fellas, you know we got to play through them. And um, and for us, you know, it's it's more so can we make ourselves a hybrid, you know, with our roster? Can we find a way to get a little bit faster? Can we find a way to spread the court or find different lineups where we can create more space and and shoot more threes and and play a little bit more like today's game. Because uh, as we're seeing around the league, that's where everybody's headed and um, they're at now, and, uh, and and has caused um, you know a lot of teams to to jump on board and and be playing at all time levels because of it. Can can I give you a, a personal assessment? Like like you live this life, so you can tell me. A lot of people point out, well, you can't touch a guy in the perimeter. That that's really hard. 
But it's made even more difficult because the NBA officials are allowing that big guy who sets the high ball screen to move and to, it's called twisting, right? To, to switch the ball screen angle at the very last moment, which is what really makes it impossible to guard. Is, isn't it, isn't that more part of what's creating these angles for, for the downhill drives than anything? Um, I'd have to agree, man. It, it really is tough uh, as a defensive player trying to guard, um, you know, these quick, fast, athletic guards uh, who already, you know, don't meet, don't need much help to get open. Um, you know, they're able to get screens that, you know, the big man can go from side to side or, you know, kind of roll you into the paint as they're, as they're, you know, setting the screen and a bunch of different things and, and ways that they've become really good at setting screens that, um, you know, makes it very difficult for, for teams to defend. For the first time in franchise history, two Memphis Grizzlies players, Mike Conley Jr., who, of course, is joining us right now, and Zebo Zach Randolph, have been named finalists for the 2016-2017 season-long NBA Cares Community Activist Award, which is presented by Kaiser Permanente. Uh, fans can vote on Twitter through May 5th, so that's through, I think, Friday. Hashtag Zach Randolph or hashtag Mike Conley. Like, couldn't you guys just pool your votes, right? Like, you're like, listen, we're on the same team. We're both trying to win the same award. Like, why, the NBA, we just pool our votes. We're both doing good deeds here in Memphis. We both want to win the award. I think that's the best idea I've heard, man. We we should have thought of that from the beginning, and uh, we might have a chance. So, uh, no, but it's great to uh, to to be uh, amongst one of the finalists. I know Zebo say the same, and um, you know we mean, you know, we we do a lot in our communities, and we're you know just excited to represent them, and and hopefully uh, one of us will get it. You you signed that huge off season contract. You and I have caught up on this before, but did you feel like people? Other guards came at you harder because of that contract that you signed. Uh, you know, not really. I, I, I honestly was spending too much of my time trying to go at them. You know, what I'm saying like it was like um, I was trying to, you know, just my responsibility was different, so I was trying to adjust to it and and concentrate on, solely on that. Not much, you know, what other people were trying to do. Uh, in regards to coming at me. So, you know, it, it made it a little bit easier than trying to worry about other people. You had this great sentence, and, and, I, I'm, and I'm kind of paraphrasing, so if I butcher it, forgive me. Mike Conley Jr. joining us. Um, after you played so well against the Spurs, even in the loss, even the losses, you said that I, I'm, well, I'm not trying to prove people wrong. I'm trying to pe- prove the people who believed in me right. Is that is that accurate? Is that Was that what you said? Yes. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's... It's true, you know that that you know that that statement is something that um, I've just tried to to live by, you know, really, and and because I just after I signed the contract, and there's a bunch of negative things that came along with it, as far as criticism and all the things that was going on, and I kind of sat back and and you know made me realize that all the people who have you know went on a limb for me have helped me um, grow and mature, you know, have believed in me, and, and those are the people that matter the most. Why would I waste my energy on the people who I don't even know uh, who are negatively trying to affect me? So um, that was the way that I looked at it. Well, that, that, that leads me to this last thing, Mike Conley Jr. joining us, which is, like, value. Like, I, I, think, I think Russ is going to win the MVP. I think he had an incredible season, but he also led the NBA in field goal attempts, right? Like, he shoots a ton. He led the NBA in turnovers as well. Whereas the style by which you play point guard, I kind of feel like it's only you and Chris Paul who are more the true point guards. And I know you're called on to score and you have to lead your team. 
how do we how should we assess like your value whether or not you're uh whether or not you're playing well because the, the the stats skew so much in the favor of guys who shoot more and dominate the ball more than a guy like you or a guy maybe to a lesser extent like Chris Paul right um yeah you know in today's game everybody looks at the stat sheet and if you don't have 30 or 50 or 40 or whatever and a triple double you you're you're not worth anything or you didn't play well or whatever it is and um, I think for guys like me and Chris who um, are you know facilitators mainly first and 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 we can score the ball we can do whatever but I think just our efficiency you know the way we we go about the game you know there'll be games where um, you know you can we'll shoot 15 times total or you know 10 of 15 and uh, you know just just you know assists and steals and playing defense and all the things that you did to help to win uh, win the game um, and you're able to dominate without you know even filling up the stat sheet and I think that's the the difference you know guards can still dominate games without um, having to you know put up monster numbers yeah I, I always thought and maybe it's because I couldn't score you could dominate a game without even taking a shot in case maybe that's that's a little too much so but uh, boy you had an incredible season. Uh, whatever concert you get out to, enjoy it. Enjoy the fact you can still be incognito and then crush dudes during the uh, during the NBA season. Appreciate you all you've done in the community. Wish you the best of luck in the Community Service Award. And thanks for being our guest on Fox Sports Radio. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate it. All right, that's Mike Conley Jr. joining us. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. 
to the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.